Welcome, and thank you for joining the Society for Clinical Research Sites for SCRS Talks. I'm Jimmy Bechtel, Vice President of Site Engagement with the Society. SCRS Talks is a program that allows our partners and those that we work closely with to take a few minutes to address issues of industry concern, share exciting achievements, and learn about our community. Today, we are lucky to have Amanda Wright, the Chief Development Officer at Javara, share more about her organization, what Javara does, and why they've joined the GIP program. Let's take a moment to meet our speakers. Amanda, if you wouldn't mind a brief introduction from you. Thanks, Jimmy. Great to be with you today. You know, I've spent nearly 25 years in this industry, so a lifelong clinical researcher at this point. Uh, various roles, always in the site sector, uh, particular foundation in the, the operations uh, side of, of the site, and had the opportunity about four and a half years ago to be part of the founding of Javara. Javara was the first integrated research organization to come to market, really built on the premise of ensuring that patients and providers had the support and infrastructure needed to enable clinical research access and participation, uh, partnering with healthcare organizations, healthcare systems to um, bring forth that offering and framework. Um, and so I currently serve as the Chief Development Officer, as I said, that role really encompasses two major components of the business. One being our um, interface with healthcare partners, so identifying and establishing partnerships with new healthcare organizations, and then the oversight and support of existing active healthcare partners, as well as the um, interface with industry, so sponsor CROs or biotechs, and establishing a business development function, but really, I think for us, more importantly, the strategic uh, partnership opportunities to be creative, to be innovative, and um, have, I think, really progressive, I'll say, uh, views on how we can do better as an industry, how we can create better synchronicity between three major stakeholders, and that's the healthcare organizations, the sites, and our clients. Excellent, Amanda. Great overview, and we are really excited to have you here today, but we're also excited to have Javara as part of the SCRS Global Impact Partnership Program. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about why you decided to become GIPs and expanding upon a little bit of what you all do? Absolutely. I, and it's it's a great question because it uh, is unique um, in the sense of, I think, historically, Global Impact Partners have been sponsors, CROs. We represent a different stakeholder sitting at the table as part of the program. But I'll tell you, it was really a very intentional decision on the part of our leadership team and that the SCRS community represents what we see to be a key intersection of those stakeholders. You have um, sponsors, you have CROs, uh, you have now site organizations um, at the GIP level, but more importantly, across the uh, member organizations as well, and certainly enablement services, tech and otherwise. And um, while I think each of those organizations uh, have different objectives, different business drivers with regards to the, the success, success of their organization, and I think there is a shared common goal, and it is to improve the lives of patients. And so with that, it really made sense to us coming to market as the first integrated research organization 
uh, having the opportunity to work closely with these key organizations. And um, kind of going back to the, the original premise and founding of Javara is that we believe there was an opportunity and a need, quite honestly, to change the narrative. There was a, a clear need, if you look at, at data, uh, that we needed to do a better job of creating access for patients, access for providers, and overall just kind of awareness, clinical research awareness. So we very much believe that being a part of the Global Impact Partner Program uh, gave us the, the place to use our voice to create connections, key connections into our model, our healthcare partners and kind of key collaborations, I'll say, just with, with those stakeholders that I referenced. Um, but the, the other thing I would also kind of point out, Jimmy, is that we are an organization that wants to always be curious. And to be curious, you have to put yourself in those in, in roles or in those environments, in those communities where you can learn, understand kind of what's happening within the, the respective organizations and kind of other partner organizations. But we also came to market uh, being the first integrated research organization. Uh, I think it was certainly um, important to us that we were on the front line of creating change and creating movement that really addressed the, the gap that we've seen really, I'm going to say, increase substantially over the years regarding um, clinical trial participation, clinical trial awareness. Obviously, we've seen a shift in that with the, the pandemic of the last couple of years, but we still have a lot of work to do to uh, shine the light on clinical research. And uh, there's, there's definitely, I think, a path forward and an opportunity for us to be more innovative by being part of the, the GIP. The, the one last thing I would say to it as well is, we have a responsibility to be disruptive and we are not going to solve the, the needs, the challenges, address the gaps alone. And it was really important that we were able to do that with an organization like SCRS, but also with key stakeholders that I think sit amongst the, the GIPs where together we believe very much that there's an opportunity to um, make substantial improvements. Lots to tease out there, Amanda, and some really important insights, I think, for those that are listening, right? And, and one of those key insights is really focused on that word integrated, right? We hear all the time the challenges of the clinical research sites. And a lot of it exists, as you alluded to several times in your, your, your explanation there, a lot of those exist as a result of a lack of integration within the industry, integrated relationships, integrated technology, uh, integrated patients for that matter. So it's really exciting to hear about an organization's whose sole focus, right? And, and really the business model, what you were created on the premise of being integrated and working on integration of the various parties that exist in clinical research. Again, with that focus, as you mentioned so eloquently, of the patient. So it's awesome to, to be a part of that and, and to hear that and to see a unique organization such as yours uh, come into play there. So again, you know, that IRO model is certainly a unique partner for SCRS. And it's probably safe to say that 
based on your explanation there. And IRO is founded in that partnership and collaboration. So my next question for you, Amanda, is how do the partnerships that you've developed with various biopharma companies, CROs, other healthcare organizations, and patients really streamline the work that we're doing in clinical trials? Well, uh, certainly partnership and collaboration, uh, I think they're great adjectives for uh, the IRO and the premise of the IRO. Uh, I think it's really about first acknowledging, understanding, let's say, the objectives, the motivators, the business drivers of the respective stakeholders. And, uh, you know, going back several years ago when we, we started to contemplate this idea of how can we solve for some of the gaps and the challenges, it's like you you had some changes going on within the healthcare landscape. There were certainly changes and um, shifts going on within drug development. And fortunately, I think they presented some, some opportunity for synergy. This comes from things like you hear patient centricity going back several years. You hear patient engagement. Uh, you hear, we, we were talking patient recruitment, you know, when, when I first started doing this. And I think that's expanded to a much more holistic view on, at least on the drug development side. But at the same time, it's a great example of, if you see what's happened over the course of the last five, 10 years within the healthcare sector, those same terms, those same concepts have emerged. And I, I think it's it's exactly the at the heart of thinking about partnership and collaboration and how have we brought forth something that's that's more unique. There is a bigger movement that's happened on both sides of, of that coin and, and it's created, I think, this opportunity. Um, I, I think it's also though important that you recognize when there, what are the characteristics of a really good partnership and collaboration, uh, that you create a framework for these shared objectives, uh, shared measures of performance. You you view what good looks like, what great looks like in a, in a similar way. But just as important is to recognize when maybe it's not a good fit. And we will see increased collaboration the more we focus on those synergies and those right fit partnership opportunities. It's a little bit like if you think about clinical trial selection, for example, at the site level, if you're looking at a clinical trial and it doesn't appear to be a good fit for your particular site, your particular organization, then by all means, it's important, it's incumbent that you say, no, thank you. Call me next time. This is not a good fit for us because you won't have a, a really good outcome. Right. And I think it's kind of that same uh, concept within these partnerships and making really good choices about who and when and how you establish partnerships and collaborations. That's foundational. But I will I think it's recognizing that within those sectors, within those, you know, what have, has historically been very disparate part of life sciences, the healthcare industry is, we've had healthcare, we've had clinical research. They both have very different objectives, but they're coming closer and closer with this like, idea of you know, patient engagement, patient experience, provider experience. What I see within our model is that we are bringing forth stakeholders who might have slightly different objectives, but there is a common solution. And that's that's what I think makes the IRO so unique. 
is that we are recognizing the different needs of, of healthcare in 2022. There are different needs and, and different challenges within drug development, but there is this, this opportunity to bring a framework, to bring forth a solution that can be integrated and can be enabled to address both. That's excellent, Amanda. It's it's really interesting to hear um, your perspective and your approach to collaboration and partnership, right? And and those synergies. I guess one of the questions I I might ask, having been at the site side yourself, right, and now kind of in this uh, really interesting IRO model, what are some of the things that you see as being really important? You mentioned foundational, right? We'll use that word again, foundational uh, aspects of developing those good partnerships that the sites that are listening might be able to to tease out, right? What what kinds of things that they can do in your experience, in your opinion, again, to if we're talking about the spirit of collaboration and partnership, might the sites be able to to employ or 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 focus on um, from a from a business perspective? Well, I think the, the premise of collaboration is that there is there's mutual opportunity, mutual benefit. Um, there there's shared value. And I think one of the keys, as I mentioned, first of all, it's the right understanding what that right fit partner is for your particular organization. What are the characteristics? Uh, you know, for us, here here's a real specific example. When we're considering a healthcare organization as a prospective partner, those organizations who believe clinical research should be available and accessible to all their patients, rather than clinical research being isolated to a department or a particular physician, but it's really an institutional initiative, it's an imperative, that is not going to happen from day one, especially in a scenario where you're going into a partnership where they haven't had clinical research previously. But if that is their desire, that represents one of the characteristics for us that says this, this, we should continue the conversation. It's, it's a right fit for us because our goal is going into these organizations, integrating the, the infrastructure that allows for physicians, allows for patients to have that, first of all, awareness, but more importantly, the access that is convenient, it's comfortable, it's, um, it's known to them within their organization, it's trusted, it's familiar in the sense of they know where they're going, they know how to get there. All of those things that become very uh, challenging or, or even in certainly with older patients, elderly patients, it becomes very stressful, right? If they don't know where to park and they don't know where to go and they don't know how to, to navigate their way to a particular office or clinic, those are all things that are very real for patients. And by bringing this into something that's known to them, I think we overcome a lot of the barriers that historically may have really stood in the way of, of someone considering participation. That's excellent, Amanda, and really, really helpful and insightful uh, into, again, that that idea of developing deeper partnerships and collaboration. So thank you for that, and thank you for that perspective. Um, I, I'd like to wrap up with our last question here. Uh, 
about the clinical research as a care option model. Can you tell our listeners more about that and how that that model has evolved? Yes, I'm going to go back a few years because there is a, a kind of foundational premise or a catalyst, maybe I should say, around the, the idea of clinical research as a care option. It's been quite some time that we as an industry have been seeing data. We've been hearing patient feedback that strongly suggests that from their view, if they were presented a clinical trial opportunity as a patient, if they were presented a clinical trial opportunity by their provider, their practice, their healthcare system, again, going back to that known, it's a, it's a place of comfort for them, that they would consider a clinical trial. I mean, there's some variability in that data, but I think by and large, you consistently see that it's saying 70% plus of respondents, patients are saying, if my provider presented the clinical trial opportunity, I would consider it. That is foundational to clinical research as a care option. And clinical research as a care option is certainly... Uh, just that it's an option, but it's ensuring that patients know they have that option. It's not just in a situation where it's it's kind of the life or death, that it's it's an opportunity across all therapeutic areas. It's an opportunity across the spectrum of diseases, diagnoses, illnesses. And I think that in and of itself starts to dispel some of the the uh, beliefs, perceptions that clinical research is, is sometimes viewed as the last option, the last resort. Um, but it really can be, I think, an option for patients as part of that menu. They give you choices. The doctor says, here, you've been uh, diagnosing you with this particular um, illness or, or disease. Here are the things you can consider. And so I think that's the first, first thing is that it's really responding to feedback that we've been getting from broad patient communities and, and uh, surveys for a very long time. So it's taking action on, on that. Um, it certainly continues to be, it's an option. And I think that's a really important part of this. It's choice. It does not um, circumvent the highly regulated informed consent process. Absolutely. Those things are still in place. Um, and it's also another part of clinical research as a care option that I think sometimes can, can be um, misconceived or, or construed in that it's, it's care, it's not treatment. By and large, we are dealing with investigational products, investigational devices. Um, we cannot make claims that it is a treatment. Right. And so this is about the experience of the clinical trial, the regimen, the accountability, the high touch, the the oversight, the monitoring that that occurs in a clinical trial is much more extensive than that of standard care. And what happens is through accountability, you have patients who learn things about themselves. They learn things about their disease, their indication, and they they begin to change their ways, they change their behaviors, and ultimately there's, there's improvement and there's, there's realizations that they may not have experienced previously. So that's 
probably something of importance, Jimmy, to, to really hone in on is that the options still exist. There's nothing forced. And we think of this in that care spectrum rather than treatment spectrum. I think the other thing that I would just kind of close with on, on that is in clinical research as a care option, we are not only responding to that of what patients have been telling us for a very long time, it's recognizing that patients have been saying this, we're creating an opportunity that ultimately is addressing what I see to be a current public health crisis, the need for clinical trial participation, and the number of people who participate on an annual basis, there is an extreme disparity there. And if we can create a framework, create a model, create an opportunity for patients, for physicians, to gain access, to have insights to clinical research that not only helps and, and addresses kind of current needs for patients, but also creates an opportunity that we can start to chip away at that extreme disparity. I think it's a, a great example of where everybody wins. And we are better as an as an industry, we're better in terms of a society because we are focused on the now, but we're also doing it in a way that addresses the future. Well, I think that's an excellent way and an excellent place to land and, and end our discussion here, Amanda. Some really exciting things happening, and I'm sure many of our listeners would agree around your explanation and description of clinical research as a care option. It's been something that we as an industry have been talking about for a long time. So it's very exciting to see that Javara is taking a direct um, approach to making that possible for all the partners that they are integrating within um, within the within the organization. So thank you. I want to also thank you for being here today, um, speaking with us and sharing your exciting insights and of course, for being part of the Global Impact Partnership Program. So thank you and thanks to Javara. Well, thank you, Jimmy. It's been great to spend some time with you, but also we are just very appreciative and grateful for the opportunity to be closer partners through Global Impact Partner Program. Excellent, thank you. For those listening, make sure that you register for upcoming summits like our Global Site Solutions Summit being held October 7th through the 9th in Hollywood, Florida by visiting our summit page. While you're on our website, check out our other SCRS publications for the community in the publication section of myscrs.org. If you're interested in submitting your own ideas, exciting achievements, or issues of industry concern for an SCRS Talks, please visit the SCRS Talks page on our website as well. We appreciate your participation in today's program and looking forward to having you all join us for more great content in the future. Thanks for listening.